0: Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor Podcast, the weekly podcast series brought to you by FT Advisor. Each week we'll be joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Amy Austin, Senior Reporter, at FT Advisor, and today I will be discussing the idea of a statement season with Steve Webb, former pensions minister and partner at LCP, and Tom McPhail, Director of Public Affairs at the Landcat. So welcome to you both. Thanks for joining. Hi, Amy. So the Department for Work and Pensions is looking at options to develop a statement season, as you both know. Um, this was around, you know, the whole simpler annual benefit statements consultation um, in a bid to kind of standardise and simplify these documents. And Pensions Minister Guy Oppenham has recently defended this proposal, which he seems to be a big fan of, which would see all savers receive that annual pension statement in the post at the same time, despite it receiving a little bit of criticism from the industry. So, Steve, why don't we start with you? What were your thoughts when this was first kind of brought up?
1: Just thinking back to my time as a minister i remember that very often you had to go through an awful lot of process to get something done you had green papers and white papers and consultation documents and draft regulations all that kind of stuff and most of what the government's doing has gone down that that route and you may or may not agree with everything they've done but there's, there's a bit of process there's a bit of evidence base and so on and this one you just think somebody sat down with guy opperman over a dinner and a glass of wine and somebody said you know what why don't we send everyone the statements all together and then they'd keep them, they'd open them all, they'd think about them and they'd engage. And I think Guy, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe he was a bit tired, uh, thought, oh, that's a good idea. It's now government policy, and he said he's gonna legislate for it. And it's like there's a thousand things they should be legislating for. If I had a, you know, if I were anywhere near the levers of power anymore, I've got a shopping list of things I'd legislate for, and this wouldn't even be on it. So the idea that he's gonna waste scarce legislative and government time on this. When there's so much else that needs fixing, uh, it's just appalling. I just think there's no, I mean, we'll talk more in detail, but basically I think there's no evidence, basic, you know, I've used this phrase, an analogue solution in a digital world. You know, we we, we need the dashboard to happen, preferably sooner. You know, there's an awful lot we can do, but pieces of paper, landing, you know, from millions and millions of pieces of paper going all over the land in a single month just seems to me missing the point.
0: And what about you, Tom?
2: Well... I've got a bit of cognitive dissonance going on here because I agree with everything Steve <laughs> just said. But I also think that Guy's not wrong about this, okay? So, um, I, and, you know, I reiterate, Steve's right. Um, and, and you know, there are there are plenty of reasons to look at this and think, well, this is just bonkers. You know, you've just clearly never worked in a, a pension company. You've got no idea what it means to shovel out a year's worth of pension statements in a few weeks. Uh, and the disruption that will cause and the problems it will cause to businesses trying to respond to consumer inquiries and all the rest of it. Um, so full stop. Um, Guy is right that um, for all the success of auto enrollment, you know, we need we need to move on from there now. Banked auto enrollment has been a fantastic success. Some previous pensions ministers can claim some credit for their role in in, in getting that one over the line and making it such a success. Um but that engagement question um, is, is still relevant. Um, And, you know, you've only got to look at the the, the small pot stuff, which is running into problems now where um, pushing small pots is looking increasingly difficult. So, you know, what can we do on the pool side? And, And Steve's right about the dashboard. That's an important part of the solution, but the basic premise of, can we, can we get more people talking about their pensions, more engaged with their pensions, you know, guys write about that. So, Could we have a statement like not a week, but maybe a few months or three months, you know, could we do it? I mean, I agree with Steve. Also paper is just mad. You know, paper is a last resort these days. The more we can do digitally, the better. Problem is a lot of pension providers don't have people's email addresses. They're going to need people's email addresses. So what can they do to gather people's email addresses? So, so my preference actually, having said guys bonkers about this full stop is yes, but the industry should work with guy and say, okay, what, what could we get from this that would work for everybody? How can we, come up with a solution that looks something like a statement season but maybe isn't exactly a statement season that does stimulate better engagement with pensions?
0: Sure I mean unsurprisingly the kickback has mainly come from providers Um you know is there going to be a massive issue with this like how much work is it going to take for them to push all of these out all at the same time?
1: I mean, obviously, as as Tom says, and as you say, Amy, there are practical issues here. So I mean, you know, uh, mailing houses do this kind of stuff, you know, Nest, I forget the latest number, 8 million, 9 million, whatever it is, you know, Nest alone have got that many million policy holders or policies, because some people have got more than one, and maybe they'll get two letters, who knows, um, you know, and you multiply that up above all these little small parts, and you get a letter doesn't matter how small or big the pot is. So, you know, you're going to have to pass a law to do this. And the practicalities are very significant. And of course, as Tom says, the risk is, of course, people, you know, if people do engage, they pick up the phone. They want to talk to somebody. (laughs) If everybody wants to talk to somebody, I don't know, in August or something, because that's when statement season is, and they have to wait on the phone for an hour and a half because everybody's phoning at the same time, that's not going to get them engaged. That's going to put them off. So, you know, just just managing it seems to be an issue. But I think it goes deeper than that. I mean, Tom mentioned small pots, and in a sense, one of the challenges is that People might get six statements from six providers because they've got six small pots. And Guy's idea is, okay. being slightly unfair here, we won't fix that problem. We'll just let them get six letters all in August about silly little pension pots. Well, why haven't they fixed small pots? I started in 2014 with Pot Followers member. Primary legislation was passed previous government the following governments didn't take that any further and one of the reasons was legislative capacity we need laws to do this stuff so there's been a small pots working group in government there's now a small pots working group outside government advising government and one of the remits they've been given is we'd rather you didn't come up with something that involved passing a law because passing laws is difficult we don't have much capacity we haven't always got a pensions bill well he's got legislative capacity to do a statement season drop that do small pot consolidation then you don't get six statements in august you get one for a decent sized pot that you are as tom says going to engage with that's that's a better solution
2: yeah and i just just building on steve's point there on on the small pot stuff it's looking increasingly as if there's, there's not far the industry can go with the small pot stuff without legislation because they're bumping up against fiduciary duties and contract laws and you with know, the best will in the world, and there is a you know, clear willingness on the part of pension providers to try and solve the small pots problem, it's their problem, the multiple pots problem is their problem, they want to solve it, but there's a limit to how far they can go without legislative intervention. So, you know, and I think I think the DWP recognizes that, but it's still not in a hurry to to, to push that. So I, I agree with Steve. That being so, Guy's insistence that he's going to legislate on this looks intriguing. Um and and, and also it's hard to understand exactly what that legislation would look like in terms of what precisely it would dictate to the pension providers around how and when they would send their statements out um, without immediately binding them into a very rigid straitjacket that would almost certainly quite soon afterwards prove to be inappropriate for some reason because of the pace of technology improvements. So, so, you know, for all guys says he's going to legislate on this, I'm, you know, okay, what's that going to look like then?
1: And and also, also, I think there's an issue, as you say, about the digital side of all of this. So there's twofold, really. So so when I said, oh, this is an analogue solution, he said, oh, but lots of people aren't online, Steve. Well, it's true, some people aren't online, but the highest proportion of people aren't online, are the people who are actually drawing pensions for whom the pension statements are far less, there's you know, far less choice. They've got some choice, but much less. The people who really need this stuff are in accumulation and you know 90 odd percent of these people are uh, on email you know they've got smartphones and apps and all the rest of it and, you know smartphone penetration amongst people on low incomes is very high you know it's not just these are a toy for rich people you know most teenagers have got a smartphone or something like that even poor teenagers kind of thing so so it seems to me that something about sending paper statements is just just ridiculous um, and if you elongate the season, you know, you, you have a three-month season, so you get a letter about your pension in April, which you probably don't open, and then you get another one in May. And you have you filed the one from April and you then open them together over a mug of cocoa? Yeah, it's just there's just no evidence for this thing. So what could we do that actually drives engagement, um, you know, which is a good thing? I, I've always thought we ought to do something on people's birthdays. So why doesn't, for example, the government say, if you have a pension – we will pay 50 quid into it on your birthday every year or whatever, you know. Um, And suddenly people will be like, oh, I need a pension to have this free money from the government. It's a celebratory thing. It's a happy story about pensions. It's not nagging them, you know. So that's just a quirky thing. But I think something like that. And the other thing, obviously, is, is Tom says, you know, we've done auto-enrolment, we kind of need, Steve, come on, move on. But, but actually, because phase two is legislating for the 2017 auto-enrolment review. You know, sensible people, good review, sensible incremental change. Here we are in 2021, and we're promised action by 2025. And the reason it won't be till 2025, ostensibly, is legislative capacity again, and the evil treasury who don't want to spend the tax relief. Well, neither of those are good reasons, really. So, you know, devote attention to drawing up the law to implement the 2017 review. And that will boost far more people's pensions far more than sending them fifteen statements in a month.
2: Yeah, and in, in in that vein, I think, um, and Steve touched earlier on, on the you know where's the evidence base for this, um, w- w- which is a fair point. I, I think sometimes you know it's okay for ministers to take a punt on stuff. You know, Some, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, um, and occasionally that's okay. I mean, like working kind of didn't um but, but you know i think i think it is okay for the government to occasionally take a punt on stuff i think with this yeah, you know, it wouldn't be hard to get some um uh behavioral scientists to to do some kind of useful evidence on if the exam question is how can we get people engaged with their pensions right um you know steve's just thrown out the idea of a 50 pound top up on the people's birthdays okay that might work you know but how about we go and build some evidence? And I think that's where I'd like to see the industry kind of trying to meet Guy halfway and say, you're right, Minister, we absolutely need people to engage with their pensions more. And a statement season's a really exciting idea. Let's do a little bit of work on that and see what we could come up with to really make it land effectively.
1: <laughs> you can see why Tom is such an effective lobbyist, can't you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so some something thank you steve <laughs> something like that i think uh would be i mean some, something in that vein i think would be um you know it feel, feels like the way to go because because the the the, the, the ultimate goal guys working towards is a good one is you know what what can we do to get more people engaged with their pensions and, and you know guy's smart he's 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 good so um you know i think you it should be possible to work with him on this
0: i think um the kind of question of when is a big one as well. I think April was thrown out earlier. April is probably not a great time, um, seeing it's the beginning of the tax year. And people are going to have so many other issues to try and sort out then. Um, you know, summer, mm, people are off on their holidays doing other things. Are they really going to sit down and think about their pensions? Probably not. December, you get into Christmas. So the months dwindle. I mean, I think we spoke about it, Tom, before, but maybe September would be a good one because it coincides with Pensions Awareness Day. Mm -hmm. So it could kind of, you know, detract from the providers and people might ask questions, you know, on Pensions Awareness Day and actually go along to it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if you have an idea of when you think the optimum time would be if we do have a statement season.
2: I, I don't have a ready answer to that question. Yes, really. I mean, interestingly, Steve mentioned you know birthdays. You know, you'd get a you'd get a surge in the third week of September, which I believe <laughs> is the uh, <laughs> it's the most popular week of the year for having a birthday. I can't remember what the the the, the low point is. Probably uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, but you know, we could we we could work on that. Um, you know, th- but, but I guess that's my point. It needs working on, right? This is just just feels a bit random at the moment.
1: And, and I think there's an issue about the information on the statements as well, which is worth thinking about, because it, this will take a bit of, if it ever happens, and I you know, hope it doesn't, but if it did, what's on the statement and how does that relate to what's on the dashboard? And obviously work is going on, but as things stand, the number on the statement is not the number on the dashboard. So this is an area where the government has done research and Chris Curry and the gang have done research and so on. And what the public apparently want is a, their, an estimate of their retirement income. So at the point of retirement, what, what are they going to have to live on? And of course, this is done in different ways, in different types of pensions, done to different assumptions, people who've got deferred, defined benefit pensions, probably have another statement for years, et cetera, et cetera. So just imagine the scenario where we get, the, you know, he passes the law. So with the Queen sits down in 2022 Queen's speech, says there will be a law and my government will require providers to send out pension statements in a given month. It takes a year to go through Parliament. So it's 2023. takes a year to set the whole thing up, 2024. Everyone gets a whole bundle of statements. And then six months later, they log onto the dashboard, which has completely different numbers on. And everyone's just utterly baffled. So all of this really does have to be joined up. Um, You know, we've been talking at LCP to, to final salary pension providers and said to them you do realize don't you the numbers you send on the statements will not be the number on the dashboard and the second the dashboard goes live if people engage with that big question will they but if they do they'll be phoning you up saying why isn't the number on the state you know where's my money gone if the number on the dashboard is lower or can i trust the number of the dashboard because it's bigger than what you've told me and what the db schemes start to say to us is well why don't we change our statements now so that they match what the dashboard will be so you know there's a lot to be done on statements you know rust and smith and and the team have done great stuff on the two-page statement you know but we, we're making progress this thing is a distraction
2: yeah, and I think it's worth coming back to the point you made earlier on, Steve. Whether it's on the dashboard or the statement, people are not going to take nearly as much notice of that as they do of whatever their favourite app is telling them on their phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's 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 how people run their lives now. You know, and they've got their banking app, they've got you know, they might have their investment app. You know, there's tools like MoneyHub. You know, there's there's clever stuff going on that people are taking advantage of because it works for them and it's simple. Um, and that's the direction I would look in to to deliver better engagement
1: and, and and mentioned tom the banking app there i mean a friend of mine who i worked with at a previous pension company who wasn't a pensions geek so kind of you no know, proper normal human being well-rounded and all that said nobody's going to go to a pensions dashboard on a pension provider side because they're going to go on their banking app and you know if you go with lloyd you can already see your scottish widow's pension on your lloyd's bank you know people check their current account i mean hands up every day. But you know, people are checking their banking app regularly. If the pension data is just plugged into the banking app, everybody's going to see their pensions information, A, trivially, easily, almost as a byproduct of checking the bank accounts. So hence statement season, just at the point you've got your legislation through becomes redundant anyway, for most people. But also, the bank environment is a very particular one, isn't it? So if I was a bank who did pensions, I'd host a pensions dashboard on the Current account app, and then I'll have a line at the bottom to say, we can't see this data. You know, you, you might think we can. We can't actually see what's on here, but it looks to us like you've got a pension. We do pensions. Would you like us to phone you up so that you can consolidate all your pensions with us? You know, that's the real disruptor that's coming mm. down the track. You know?
0: Yeah, I agree. And do you think, you know, we're gonna get this ideal world where everyone sits in the pub with their pension statements and has a good old chin wag about it? I mean, personally, I can't say that me and my friends would ever do that.
1: <laughs> Come off it, Amy. When they know what you do for a living, I bet they all say, "Oh, what's, what's this pension thing at work?" I don't know. Surprisingly <laughs> not.
2: I get I get more people asking me about pensions now than I used to.
1: It's so, Because um, we're getting older, Tom. That's what yeah, <laughs> that's probably what it is, Steve. But uh,
2: I think I think I think you know the underlying levels of interest in pensions has gently crept up over the last ten years. Um,
1: and I think pension freedoms is an important part yeah. of that. You know, you just have freedom and choice, and that's both a good thing and a challenging thing. But you know, uh, people, you, you know, people are bored of me saying that people still come up and thank me for pension freedoms and nothing else i ever did <laughs> but you know because people say you know i wanted to use this pension pot for this purpose i wouldn't have been able to do it i could that's great kind of thing so people you know i, I always think the funny byproduct of pension freedoms is that db was the gold standard dc was the ugly duckling and now you've got all these people for good or ill desperately wanted to get out of db for the flexibility and choice of dc so you know we do have a world where people do have lots of choices and people will, I think, engage as they get nearer to retirement. The challenge, I think, so I think at Royal London had what they call 54321 letters. You know, you get something five years out, four years out, three years out, et cetera. You can do a variety of things. But my worry about all the kind of guidance and advice stuff is so focused on at retirement. And, you know, at a previous firm I worked for, they said people would ring up and ask for their money and we would say, go to pension wise and they say why are you trying to stop me getting my money because they've made their mind up at that point so all the engagement I think you know personally I'm quite relaxed about 20 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds even just just going with the flow being auto enrolled auto escalated all that stuff I'm not too worried if they're not too engaged I think engagement will come but midlife MOTs warm-up letters well ahead of retirement you know there is that transition and clearly more needs to be done and I don't see the statement season has been part of that really
0: yeah and to finish I think you know we can't really leave scams out of this but there has been worries that you know a season where everyone knows they're getting their statement could you know open up doors to scammers you know it's a prime time for them I don't know if you have any thoughts on this Tom uh
2: it's a risk yeah yeah so um and I think um the FCA, the pensions regulator and others have put in a lot of good work to try and mitigate the risks posed by scammers. Um, you know, A lot of times they failed. People are still losing their money. Um, I think um, we saw one of the side effects of pension freedoms was an upsurge. And you know, I agree with Steve. Pension freedoms, like, a lot of good stuff came out of that. Some challenges too. One of the challenges was an increase in scam activity. Um, And if you poke the ant's nest with a stick and stir it up once a year, you know, the um, the scammers will be there.
1: And and I think a particular issue is uh, people move house uh, and they, they never would dream of telling their pension company they moved house. Uh, and certainly if they're not being very organised on, you know, forwarding of mail or whatever, or or for example, you know, you might forward your mail for three months after you've moved house or something, but the statement season is six months after you've moved house. So none of the pension companies know where you live. The mail forwarding has stopped, and within a few weeks, all of your pension paperwork is arriving in the wrong place together. So, you know, someone ill-disposed has kind of got all the tools they need, really, all the account numbers, all the you know, so that that's an additional risk. I mean, even without that, I think it's a terrible idea. But that just makes it worse.
0: <laughs> Steve, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next week where we will discuss other goings on in the industry.
1: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.